I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and a warm welcome to you from us here at Ausbiz. The entire team says g'day. This is the show 10 Stocks Picked by You, two expert guests over one hour with a bonus stock of the day. I'm Nadine Blaney, just sitting in for David Koch. All right, joining me in the studio here, of course, for the full hour, Grady Wolf from Bell Direct, and we've got Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities. To the both of you, good afternoon. Nice to see you. Michael, how are you feeling about where we're sitting currently in the market? I mean, we had a couple of really stellar sessions to start this trading week. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm I'm optimistic with um, with where the market can head to from here. I know it's been a crazy couple of months, um, but as I've mentioned, I think on on the trade program, mm-hmm. um, it's interesting if you pull up, say, a chart of the S and P five hundred, um, and ask someone to pinpoint when the great banking crisis occurred of twenty twenty three, you'd never pick it. You'd, it's you know the market yeah. shrugged it off. So um, it seems like it's a non-event. We're looking forward, which is great. Um, CPI numbers overnight look, you know confirming inflation's on the way down. There's always a negative aspect to it. There will always be um, something to worry about. But at the moment, I think things are looking looking better. I think we're coming out of this you know, very difficult 12 months and I'm quite optimistic for the market. Yeah, good. Well, how about the team there at Bell Direct and Bell Potter? Optimistic, you know, markets have to a certain extent, climbed a wall of worry. Yeah, they kind of have. And it's nice to see that investors are, as Michael said, shrugging off the immediate news. And as we saw over the last year and a bit, investors were so reactive to news coming out and reshifting their portfolios in immediate action. But now they're kind of shrugging off big events. And like, the, it's nice to see that the banks are coming back online and a lot of the um, the stress and the worry in the market is calming down. So, and obviously US inflation overnight is a, it was a good read. So um, the only worry that we saw investors have this morning was um, the Fed reaffirming that they're going to, well, 75% chance they're going to increase by 25 basis points next month. So it is a bit stressful, but I don't know. Do see what happens. It's kind of a week by week basis at the moment. Yeah, and we've got US earnings that we will be talking about yep. plenty, and then we get bank earnings here. So let's see if any of these themes come up in relation to the stocks that we'll be covering. Mincor Resources, of course, it's got a bid on the table. Colin asking about that one. Big Cheese, Boss Energy, which is in the Osbiz portfolio, and Cluey, uh, City Chic. So in the retail space, this is for Abby. But I picked corporate travel management as the stock of the day. Why? Well, shares are up by 12% as we record this. At one point, it was high as 16%. And it is off the back of an accommodation and travel services contract from the UK Home Office. They're calling it a material transaction. The value is $3 billion. So contract works include services and logistics support and corporate travel management also adding that the contract will have significant impact 
on further growth within the company's European operations in FY24 and beyond. Now, of course, corporate travel management has been, Michael, a reopening story to a mm. certain degree. I mean, it hasn't performed to the extent that some other of the travel firms have. Um, do you like corporate travel management? Is this making it yep. more attractive? If so. It does now make it interesting. I mean, before today's announcement, um, you know, there were pros and cons about the business. I mean, coincidentally, we'd, we'd had a quick analysis up on the Fairmont Equities website this morning before the announcement. So, I mean, key points, you know, disappointing in that the North American business hasn't, um, um, hasn't done as well as, as, as everyone had hoped or expected. Um, just not really seeing that pick up. Um, share, the shares before today's announcement were trading at the lower end of their um, sort of historical range. So you can make a case for, well, they're not that expensive. Mm -hmm. um, there could be some catalysts coming up to get the share price going with you know, China reopening and, and so on. Um, obviously, today's announcement um, is, is a great one. Um, you know, as a technical trader, we we're looking at $19 as a, a key level it needed to get above to confirm that the downtrend is over and it's clearly done that well and truly today. So, I mean, at first glance, I'd say this is you know, good news. Obviously, the North American business, we'd like to see that one improve, but, you know, this is a big, big increase to earnings and um, I think potentially this is a, an opportunity to get a bit more upside in the share price. Okay, so you would call that a buy? Yep. There you go. What a way to start a show, Michael. Uh, what about you, Grady? Because again, you know, travel thematic, clearly though, it's overseas expansion is getting a boost from this material contract. Yes, they are focused on the European and UK expansion. And as Michael said, the North American business has underperformed the rest of the business. Um, I go with a hold just with consensus in line with a lot of expectation and cities gone with a hold. Um, just because the company overstaffed during the pandemic in preparation for um, the travel rebound in the US, which obviously naturally failed the business as we've seen the North American operations coming or underperforming. So I think at the moment, um, and also we know travel demand peaked to its highest level ever recently, and all of the other companies like Qantas, all of the airlines, they outperformed the market, and this one failed to do so. So for us, it's a hold rating just because we want to see what this acquisition, I mean, what this um, new deal means and see it kind of play out over the next year. Okay, so you would be patient, patient. on this one. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me, that was the stock of the day, corporate travel management. Let's get to the companies that you've nominated. And first of the day is Mincor Resources, picked by Colin. Mincor, if you recall, had an offer on the table from Andrew Forrest's Wailu Metals. And then Mincor ran into a bit of a problem with BHP. It's nickel, um, essentially it's nickel quality, wasn't up to scratch. And so they've gone ahead and accepted that offer on the table from Wailu Metals. And Michael, why would you, why would you buy Mincor now? Um, mm. You know, because yeah, you that, that's done and dusted pretty much, isn't it? That's that's right. I mean, you'd, you'd want to, you know, maybe you're hoping that someone else turns up and, and would want to pay more. I just think, you know, that's always a dangerous game with takeovers. I often just, when the when the news comes out of a takeover offer, I just, I just take it um, because the risk reward falls through. You lose a lot. You get another, another offer. You make a little bit more. Um, of course, there'll be occasions where that hasn't been the case, but most of the time, I think you're better off just taking it. So $1.40 at the moment, it was trading closer to a dollar before all of this occurred. Um, you know, who's going to come in and offer a dollar eighty or something ridiculous like that? So I think you just sell it here and I wouldn't be 
um, obviously buying it buying it here either. Just take take the cash, move on to um, better opportunities in the market. Mm -hmm. And just as a PS to that, we've talked a lot on the channel about there being some further consolidation in nickel in particular because we've seen some of the takeover interest in lithium and of course everybody extrapolates mm. that you know nickel is also a key commodity in this day and age so do you, do you reckon that there do you like nickel you know from a fundamental basis so you're putting the technicals aside um yeah look i i do i know there's a couple of houses out there that are a little bit more negative on nickel i can't remember which ones but um generally i think these commodities will head higher so just again just talking more generally mm -hmm. i think you know, I think the economy, I'm looking for the economy to, you know, I think we've troughed. I think we're looking for, for growth later this year, early next year in the economy, China reopening. All of these are positive for commodities where, you know, inventory levels are generally still pretty low, I think, for, for commodities. Um, uh, falling US dollars, good for, for the commodity sector. So I know that's all very general, but I think that would still um, affect the, you know, the nickel businesses as well. So. Um, we've seen a bit of excitement recently with Chalice um, and their nickel deposit, which we're going to talk about later. Um, so I think there is still a lot of um, interest in nickel and that can push the share prices higher. Okay, well, we won't steal Chalice's thunder. Uh, let's get a view on Mincor from yeah, Grady. Theirs is definitely on a hold rating at the moment. We just see that the, um, the BHP um, deal that they have to FY25 is naturally a bit of a concern that they are under meeting production. The quality of their nickel isn't meeting production guidelines. They did have the um, request for BHP to kind of reduce the requirements that are needed and BHP have subsequently declined that. So understanding this and a bit of lack of uncertainty in the future regarding the production quality of the nickel, um, it's a hold rating and obviously they have accepted this takeover offer. So kind of just sit tight and get your money and off you go as part of Wailu now. Yeah. All right, yeah. so no action required. Yeah. All right, Colin, hope that helps you if you're a shareholder already or we're thinking about getting in. Uh, look, this story is pretty much over there. Let's get to Bega Cheese, which is the next on the list. I might start with this one with you, Grady. Yeah. So look, it is leveraged to the consumer. It also has to deal with input costs and inflationary pressures there. Um, it has some really solid brands that yes. some people say nobody's going to trade out of just to save a buck. I mean, are you going to go to Aldi and buy Aldi no. peanut butter? I don't <laughs> no. know. I mean, what do you think? No, I love my peanut butter. And we do like bigger cheese at Bell's. We've got a buy rating with a price target recently upgraded to $4.10 from $3.80. Now, the company, we do see some headwinds, but they have some good exposures. So the headwinds are coming in global uh, milk prices are driving down. So they're following ingredients down. So skim milk, powder, whole milk powder and cheddar are coming down over the, or predicted to come down and they've started coming down. We've also seen declining commodity prices and commodity milk value has fallen 35% year on year. So understanding that the company is based around these dairy products and dairy commodity prices. So understanding that we um, definitely see some headwinds in this with the farm gate prices, especially falling 10 to 25%. But in saying that, we have upgraded our price target because the company also has really good exposure to cream cheese and mozzarella, which are experiencing really good uplifts in the price. Uh, in pricing so really? we're, yeah we're seeing that's those, random which is really random but bell potter sees it as a buy rating <laughs> okay. and their exposure in the relatively stronger commodities of cream cheese and mozzarella so we're liking those at the moment and that's a reason for the price target upgrade okay how do you see it fundamentally mm. when it comes to bigger cheese i mean because that's it do people move to 
um, more value options in uh, a tight time in the hip pocket, or do sure. they stick I mean, with their brands? I love my cheese, and <laughs> yeah. you know, if I save a couple of bucks on on a brie, just you know, there's some <laughs> terrible ones out there. Um, Are you just, using a lot I'd rather, of cream cheese I'd and mozzarella? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like my um, pizza, but mm, anyway. Yeah. Um, look, I, you know, Brady covered it really well. I mean, there's, there are a lot of headwinds. Um, you know, the positive is you know, some of the decline in, in milk prices is helping um, from a cost point of view. But when I look at the headwinds, when I look at, um, you know, their last set of results are a bit disappointing as well. So I guess when you've got a business that, that sort of disappoints a couple of times in a row with their results and you've got headwinds, um, yeah, look, I mean, it's not enough for me to buy it. I'd be happy to hold. Um, I mean, there's a bit of momentum in the share price. Um, so I think it can try to get itself up to $4. But from current levels to be buying it here, I just think yeah, maybe the risk reward's not not ideal. So a hold, but, but not a buy. Yeah, because there's opportunity cost, right, of being yeah, exactly. in something like a bigger when you could be buying something else, which maybe we'll find out. Yeah. Uh, what else is on the buy list? We've already got corporate travel management from Michael. Let's get to Boss Energy. So this one is coming to us from Sam. Now, Sam and everyone out there watching and listening, uh, this is not financial advice. So this is not tailored to your own particular circumstances. Treat it as information only and then go from here and do your own research or get advice if you think you might need it. Okay, Grady, Boss Energy, what's the team at Bell saying? We really like this one. Spec buy just because the company doesn't produce just yet, but uh, price target of $3.42, sorry. So it's a uranium miner. They're in the right place at the right time. We're seeing nuclear power plants turn back on around the world in Japan, in Germany. They're not phasing them out anymore because of this global energy crisis. So we're seeing a uptick in the price of uranium, which is the fuel that powers nuclear power plants so we're really liking that they do have some key hurdles to overcome in the progression towards turning the mine back on so their honeymoon mine is their flagship product uh, project in south australia and they it's been on care and maintenance mode since 2015 so understanding that the price of uranium has been so low they saw no value in turning it back on but i actually spoke to the ceo duncan crabe last week at a conference in perth a mining conference mm -hmm. and he was very certain they are on track and on budget to get the production back on track for December 2023, so this year, with first sales in FY24 and sales expected to double by FY25. So, understanding all of that, um, we see the uranium outlook for uh, the outlook for uranium price is going to grow over the coming years. So, spec buy and a price target of three dollars forty-two cents. Michael, um, there have been many false dawns for uranium, you know, and if you think mm. about um, the narrative right now around not just energy security, but climate change as well, um, yeah. do you reckon that it's enough that it will come to fruition enough to send the share price of these uranium maybe producers mm. higher? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was, I was going to mention that key point. We've had plenty of false starts with with the uranium sector and now everyone's a little bit more um you know, the last several years yeah just 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 more leaning towards the um um you know the wind and solar and all these other um opportunities i mean i think you know my opinion is they should go down the nuclear path but and it looks like we you know we are reopening in in terms of um nuclear energy in europe but i just wonder if that may well get derailed um later on by, um, by, you know, ESG concerns again. I mean, I, th I think nuclear energy is 
it is the most efficient form. Um, but yeah, look, it might just and, politically. And everybody get, may not agree with you. But <laughs> that's right. So you know, it, you know, we we just got to go with what what the market's going to do, and I, it you know it has potential to to be derailed again, um, and maybe we don't end up going down that path. So I think it's still early days. That that is the risk. Um, I, I have, as, as Grady mentioned, seen reference to the fact that um, they're aiming to to get production back online in December. So I think, you know, and the share price really isn't doing anything at the moment. Maybe we can just wait a bit longer and see what the political um, environment's like for, for nuclear. We'll see if Boss Energy is able to, uh, if it looks like they are on track to restart production in December um, and then take it from there. So. Um, you know, a lot could change between now and, and the second half of this year. I know that OPEC are cutting um, cutting production and that should increase the price of oil. But also if we get a bit of soft demand later this year, um, if the oil price doesn't go too crazy, maybe we might just continue on with the fossil fuels for now. So we'll just see what happens. So at the moment, I'd say, look, it's not, I think it's probably a bit too early to be buying um, from my point of view. Yeah, okay, so too early to be buying. Um when you think about uh, those, you know, really hardcore uranium bulls, because there is, you know, that sector, I see them on my Twitter feed all the time that are really, really mm. into into uranium. So you're not afraid of losing a little bit of the upside just by being patient and waiting to see. Like, is that your strategy, yep. generally speaking, Michael? Yeah, exactly. And, and you mentioned opportunity cost for, for the previous stock. And that's the same thing with Boss Energy. I mean, look, I trade it because, um, as we saw on the chart earlier, it has these wild swings between about a dollar sixty to about three dollars so you can you could trade this stock but um, on a sustained basis yeah, you might just be sitting in a stock that goes nowhere for six months just when there's a lot of up other opportunities um, taking off so look I think a company like this if if it does work out and you miss the first 10 20 30 percent I think the upside after that will be so substantial that it won't make mm-hmm. it won't make a difference but the downside could also be substantial if it all falls apart. Right. Okay. Thank you. Let's get on to the next on the list. CLU is the ticker code. It's Cluey. This is for Chris. This is online learning, essentially online tutoring. Um, and the programs are designed with kids in mind and obviously tailored to them. Um, I'm sure some AI is being used in there, some machine learning. Um, is there a view at uh, Bell Potter on Cluey? Spec buy at the moment and a price target recently downgraded from 80 cents a share to 50 cents a share. This is on the back of their capital raise. So they did a dilutive $10.6 million capital raise. So we're just seeing that they're burning through a lot of cash, um, about $5.6 million quarter on quarter. So that is a quite a high cash burn. Um, they have a, pre- a really good business. Now, during the pandemic, we saw online learning become a staple in everyone's household. And this Code Camp is a, another subsidiary of theirs. They, took, they acquired Code Camp and a lot of kids are getting into coding. So that's a lot of fun. So they they do have a really valuable product, but again, they do have really high cash burn, really high cash turnover. Um, The company has reiterated their target position to achieve cash flow positive in Q4 of FY24. So it's still a little while away. Um, So we're going to see the focus is on profitability. So the company's reducing top line growth. So they're looking to cost cut. They're looking to um, really kind of get their costs under control. But with such high cash, Ashburn, it's yeah, it's a spec buy at the moment. It's one of those ones that if you want to follow the story, then jump on in. But it is um, we've just reduced our price target because of that capital raise recently. Okay, so you're happy there reducing your price target, yeah. making 
um, note of the headwinds and the uh, and the difficulty in forecasting cash flow positive yes. out that far. But happy to keep the spec by. Happy to keep the spec by just because we know that online learning is such a staple in today's environment and it's not really going anywhere. So the company offers a really valuable product. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, Michael, when I looked at that chart that was up, first of all, it's a fairly new listing. Second of all, it looks terrible. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, and I know that uh, some believers would say, well, all of tech has been beaten up, but is that enough justification for that share price uh, yeah. that it's looks pretty dismal? First step with technical analysis, we've got the trend right, it's going down. Yeah, dollar um, yeah, thirty down to 15 cents. I mean, you could have picked this up at 50 cents thinking it was cheap and you've still still dusted your, you know, a lot of your dough. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I don't understand why this business is you know, is even listed at a point where they're just losing so much money. I know a lot of, you know, a lot of companies list and they're not making money. Um, you know, mining companies and they've got, yeah, a lot of things happening before they turn profitable. But, but I would have thought a business like this, you'd be able to start turning a profit and, and then start growing, uh, maybe list then. And then, I don't know, I just don't, you know, for, a, for this type of company, a tutoring so company. So the prospectus would have come across your desk way you know not way back but you know mid 2020 peak market um you yeah. would have sort of said why yeah i mean if it's a mining company saying look we're going to need money for the next several years yeah. we're drilling but when it comes good wow we're gonna you know mm -hmm. it's gonna be a gold mine you know maybe figure you know <laughs> literally <laughs> um but you know a tutoring company we're gonna start yeah. here and then we're gonna raise heaps of money and we're gonna keep losing money but then suddenly we'll end up with so many students and yeah i don't know I, Anyway, um, I don't get it. But um, look, I think at the end of the day, what I noticed is it only trades about five grand a day. So that oh, yeah. makes it really hard. Um, yeah, you just have to make sure you only buy such a such a small amount. So look, in terms of liquidity, I'd say no. But um, yeah, again, there's you know opportunity cost and and all that sort of thing. So it may well turn around. Again, I'd rather maybe miss the bottom and. Um, you know, obviously it's, you know, this type of business when um, yeah, it can be very scalable when they get it right, mm -hmm. of course, um, being all online. Um, but it just seems like it's a bit too, bit too far away for me. So again, you're willing to maybe lose a little bit of the potential upside by just being patient and waiting for those mm. indicators, waiting for the momentum to change to the upside rather than the downside. Yeah, exactly. Because as as I mentioned, it, it would have looked cheap at fifty cents, having fallen mm -hmm. from a dollar thirty, but now it's at fifteen. And who's to say fifteen doesn't turn into two cents? Mm -hmm. um, you know, look at Zip and all the others. So. All right. Well, Chris, you've got two schools of thought, two opinions on this one, and uh, it's up to you to to figure out which one, if any, you would put your faith in. All right. Let's get to number five on the list, and this one I think is really interesting. City Chic was all the rage with a lot of small cap fundies, uh, you know, when everything was going really right and everybody was cashed up and everybody was spending online, you know, did acquisitions, moved into overseas markets. And then things started going wrong. Inventories started building. And of course, we started to see the interest rate environment changing and consumers being told and warned that they needed to stop spending. City Sheet Collective, is this now looking cheap to you, Michael? <laughs> Um, it, yeah, it looks cheap, but it may, yeah, it may Maybe well stay cheap. Maybe for a reason cheap. is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, look, sorry, a bit, I'm going to be a bit negative on this one as well. I mean, obviously it's, you know, another sort of 
disaster, six fifty seven dollars down to about fifty cents. Um, again, just looks like there's a lot of headwinds. So I guess the only positive would be, well, maybe fifty cents is as cheap as it would be, and this, you know, this is the the bottom of the cycle. But I just don't know if that's if that's the case. Um, look, I mean, obviously, I'm not familiar with their their products, and um, but you know, maybe this their products are a little bit too discretionary coming into a tougher period. So. Um, you know, you've covered some of their their recent issues with inventory and so so on, and um, and like um, I think Bega Cheese earlier, they've they're coming off the back of some disappointing results. So I'd like to see um, either a disappointing result where the market really buys it up, meaning all the negativity is priced in, or they come up with with something that's quite positive, and and we know they're turning the corner. So again, I think there's you know downside risk or at least opportunity risk where it just goes nowhere for a while. Um, so yeah, a bit, bit I, for me, I think it's a bit too risky to be taking a punt on discretionary retail at the moment. Yeah, well, you don't want to take punts, do you, as a general rule? Um, let's go to Grady. What do you think about City Chic? Yeah, it's a hold rating at the moment. If you've ridden the wave to now, you've just got to ride well, it out. Ridden the, so, yeah, ridden the fall to now, then you've just got to keep riding it out. So it's a hold with Bells, um, with their price target downgraded recently from $0.64 cents to $0.53. Cents. Now, as you said, this company was a really strong company during COVID, and they have a really good multi-channel model which comprises of 90 stores across Australia and New Zealand, um, four websites across the world. They have partnerships with major US retailers like Macy's. So they've really, really got And a huge presence. addressable market huge because addressable it's market. plus size. Plus clothing. size, exactly. So there is a massive market and a massive global market. So mm-hmm. understanding that it's really important in this day and age that we address that market. But at the same time, we've had a, the Bell Potter analyst has recently looked at Torrids, which is their competitor in the UK and their results are coming down. They're planning to reduce their promotional activity. They've got um, second half sales starting really weak. So exactly the same as being felt by a city cheek. And they're seeing this as a longer path to recovery than normal retailers heading into this obviously lower spend era that we're expecting as interest rates rise. Um, So understanding that the underlying EBITDA loss of $3.4 million was in line with Bell Potter expectations. As I said, second half sales to date are 17% down on the prior corresponding period and the company also has no presence in stores in North America which is a really big addressable market so given that it's a really high competition nature in North America so not having a store to try clothes on people aren't really spending with them anymore at the moment in that in that region but they also, as you mentioned, unhealthy inventory level, $163 million at the first half, and that's pre the additional provisions of $20 million, which they're expecting now of extra um, inventory. So yeah, it's a hold rating at the moment. We see some catalysts in the near future, but yeah, can't be, we're not buying so it So what, what are the key catalysts then? Key catalysts are the clearer path to earnings is what we need to see. So seeing how the company is going to move forward and move through this kind of inventory of whether they have promotional activity in increasing to kind of move the inventory through um, what they're going to do about this inventory. And the catalyst is obviously seeing whether interest rates keep rising or not and consumer discretionary spend. So fashion and retail clothing spend um, across Australia and the world. Okay. So a lot at stake here, but yeah, hold rating at the moment. Okay, price target of 53 cents. Yes. Well, that pretty much brings us to the halfway mark. So let's get across what we have learned so far. And uh, if we take a look at corporate travel management, which was the stock of the day. 
Um, look, Michael says that today's move in U the UK makes it more interesting. $19, is the tech downtrend over? Well, it very well could be. He's called it a buy. It is a hold, though, for the team at Bell Potter. Um, US operations, I think, are the key concern there. So watching corporate travel management rather than buying it. Okay, MinCore was the first on the list, thanks to our viewers who nominate these companies. Um, it's a sell for Michael. It's as good as it's going to get. Looks like this um, deal with Wailu will go through. Take your money. Be happy with that. It's a hold for the team at Bell Potter. Same sort of sentiment, um, you know, except the takeover bid. That's what's been happening. And that's what you should do as a shareholder. Yeah. Bigger cheese. It's a buy for the team at Bell Potter with a price target of $4.10. So tailwinds, mozzarella and cream cheese. I won't forget that. You know, the pricing going well. And uh, look, Grady reckons that people will still be buying their Vegemite and their Bega peanut butter rather than trading down, even as grocery bills continue to rise. I know that mine has. Uh, look, Michael says that it's a hold. He sees some headwinds, bit of momentum, but he just doesn't think the risk reward uh, is worth it to buy right now. Uh, Boss Energy was the next on the list. Patience, patience. If you believe in uranium and you believe in nuclear energy and where we're headed on that front, like Michael does, he reckons that there's no harm in waiting for a company like Boss Energy. It's just a bit too early to be getting into some of these companies, particularly as they're not yet producing. Um, and Boss is a specy buy for the team at Bell Potter. $3.42 price target. I think I've got that right. Just saying that the outlook is strong for uranium in general. And um, yeah, Grady was chatting with the Boss Energy CEO and looks like they'll be producing by end of year. Cluey, now I know I've had a viewer email in and say, why are you even talking about this stock? It's so illiquid. And that is one of Michael's major concerns, one of Michael's concerns with a Cluey. And so he would avoid this stock, but there was a viewer out there who wanted to know about it. So we're covering it. And it's a specy buy for the team at Bell Potter. Price target has recently been lowered to 80 cents. It is burning through cash, but it is taking some actions, cost outs, you know, to get things back on track, which says it'll be cash flow positive by the end of 2024. Michael says, just wait for it. <laughs> uh, City Chic, it's a hold price target, 53 cents at Bell Potter. Look, the figures, the numbers, the sales numbers are not going its way, likely. Um, but, you know, if you've been in it, um, Bell Potter is reckoning that you should just hold it because you've already had the damage being done. And Michael just says, don't buy it. You know, are we the bottom of the cycle? You don't know yet. Again, wait for that momentum to turn when it comes to city chic. All right, to the investment committee, to the Ausbiz Fund, and uh, we've got it up online if you'd like to watch it. Going into April, New Century out, WiseTech out, Waitings to West Farmers and Macquarie Group up also. Boss hint is, uh, yeah, we allocated a further one and a half percent to Boss um, and we spent a bit of our cash. So how are things going? Well, the portfolio is up close to 10% on a cumulative return basis. That is since its inception on March the 1st, 2022. So we don't have any double buys as we affectionately call them yet on this program. You never know what's to come. When we get a double buy, that company gets sent to the investment committee for consideration. So yeah, we'll see what happens in the remaining of this program. We will be discussing Ch uh, Monash IVF. Uh, we'll be discussing Chalice Mining, Elders, Eagers Automotive, and Paradigm Bio Pharmaceuticals. That's for Sandra. Sandra, I hope you're watching or listening. Let's get to number six on the list, Monash IVF. This is for 
Harry,、um, let's start with you, Grady. So Monash IVF, you know, I had a chat with an analyst last week who said, you know, IVF is not discretionary spend,、um, and、uh, there could be some further consolidation in this space. What do you guys reckon? Yeah, we have a buy rating on this one, Monash IVF. We do really like the stock, and a, a price target increased recently to a dollar forty cents. Now the company is really、uh, expansive, and they have a lot of services they offer in this space.、So、they really cover the whole. Um, fertility space. So they have egg banks,、um, embryo freezing, genetic testing, genetic counselors, sperm bank collection. The list goes on. So they're really, really doing some great things. Shares are down 10% over the last year, but are up 1% over the last five years.、Um, we we see the company's results are doing really, really well despite the come down from the COVID high. So obviously during COVID treatment numbers,、um, treatment numbers were up after COVID. Sorry, and now they've come down a bit. So they're across the board. Total treatment numbers are down 6.6% in Australia, but MVF has only declined 3.8%.、Um, the company has also opened some、um, overseas clinics, so in Indonesia, in Singapore, and they're getting a lot of growth there. So segments in Singapore were up 36.4%. So that's really, really good in that company's on that on that front for the company. They are profitable. NPAT was 10.8 million dollars, so that's what we want to see from a healthcare company. And to, as we know, if you're buying this story, you got to wait till they're profitable. But this company. Is profitable.、Um, they do have, unfortunately, some legal action against them that they need to get through.、Um, that's from 2019 to 2020. They had this treatment that、um, was non-invasive, and it was said to give them a really clear,、um, clear view of the embryo cell testing.、Um, it didn't actually do that, so unfortunately, the company is、um, undergoing some current legal action. But they don't. We don't see that as a material impact on the company's earnings. They're going to use um, the, some of their. Indemnity, professional indemnity insurance to cover the、um, legal fees. So that's all for Monash IVF, and we definitely like it. Okay, so that's a buy.、Yes. And、uh, Bell Potter's not alone. Macquarie has an outperformed. Sean Partners a buy. Bell Potter a buy. Morgan Stanley an overweight, and Morgan's an ad. So really, just talking about you know cycles,、um, strong specialist recruitment now happening, recent acquisitions as well. You know,、mm. helping to drive growth, particularly in the Second half. Do you agree with all of that sentiment? Positivity. Yeah. Look, it's not one I'd followed, but yeah. Look, I think this looks looks really good, and you know, Grady Grady covered it.、Um, of course. Yeah. Look, everything everything looks good in terms of growing their earnings, and they're not just growing through the acquisitions; they're also growing organically as well. And what's interesting is their previous set of results. Um, were not only strong, but they upgraded guidance. So, in contrast to a couple of the other businesses which have had you know, recent results not that good,、um, you know, and a few headwinds, this one looks like they've got tailwinds. Everything seems to be going their way. They're upgrading their results when they do present results. So,、um, at the moment, everything seems to be going right. I mean, the only negative I could pinpoint would be just on the chart. It's it's right up at a resistance level near a dollar ten. So. You know, the the chartist in me would say, well, let's let's see if it pulls back from here a little bit and get a slightly better entry point. So it would definitely be a hold. I mean, for the sake of the program, I'm happy to just say it's a buy for the sake of a few cents or so. But、mm. otherwise, I'd prefer to finesse it and maybe just get it slightly cheaper. But 
look for the sake of the show. Let's just call it a buy. It looks really good. We have a double buy. Somebody ring the bell <laughs> on this uh, Thursday. Everybody's feeling a little... Grady just has hay fever in case anybody's yeah, no, wondering. Yeah, no, and I'm I've got a stiff sick. neck, so I'm doing the old... Yeah, so... I've got, I've got we, problems too. The wheels are not quite coming off, but I just thought I'd explain what's going Sorry. on here in the studio. All right, Tim. Look, we're all human beings, right? Let's get to chalice mining. This one has been picked by Long. Um, I'll go to you, Grady, because yeah. we had that nickel conversation before. I yeah. know that I believe Bell Potter is pretty positive on nickel. We are positive yeah. on nickel. Yes, absolutely. We've got a spec buy on this one with a price target upgraded to $12 from $11.10. So quite a big upgrade, obviously, on the back of that major resource uh, discovery at the Gonneville deposit at the company's 100% Julemar nickel gold nickel copper mine, sorry, um, which is in WA. So understanding that when you see a company, um, they come up with these massive um, discoveries. It's exactly what you want to see with a mining company. Um, shares are doing really well. They're up 11.7% over the last year, 4,500% over the last five years. So this company is going from strength to strength. Um, given that nickel is one of the key uh, commodities and key elements to batteries these days, um, we're seeing a lot more demand and a lot more investor appetite for nickel miners. So that's where Chalice obviously plays in. Um, what we can see is that Chalice is now, um, they've got the strategic partnering underway, they've just mentioned. So the Gonneville obviously status is a tier one globally significant nickel platinum group element deposit. Um, with that though, their first targeted range of downstream trading end, party, end user parties to add value to the project. So we do believe that they could be attracting some big names like um, BHP, Glencore and Anglo-American group to the party to help with the downstream elements. Um, so understanding that and knowing the significant, global significance of the Julemar project, um, we do see it is a spec buy rating at the moment, but a price target upgraded. Okay, so that's a spec buy. Interesting, because um, Michael, one thing that mm. I always remember about Chalice is people being really impressed by how close this um, discovery is to Perth, essentially, you know, really close to infrastructure. It's not mm. way, way, way up in, you know, the yeah. far <laughs> northern reaches of WA. Um, so look, what do you think? It looks like yeah, Bell Potter's got a specy buy, Macquarie's an outperform, Ordmanet is a specy buy as well, because yeah. it is still in the exploratory phase. It's not yet producing. Right. Yeah, look, I mean, I agree 100%. Um, Grady, so yeah, the the you know the the prospect looks looks great. I think there's a lot of upside. We're in the right part of the cycle um, for these businesses. I expect you know I'm still very bullish mining companies. Um, and I expect these to do really well for uh, for quite a while yet. So, yeah, when it comes to these businesses, it's just a case of um, picking your entry points. So, you know, we've got the uptrend, there's great momentum, we're in the right part of the cycle, they're releasing the right sorts of news. Um, the shareholder register is, is very, uh, you know, Great, you know, there's some prominent names there and they're very supportive of the business as well. So look, it's ticking all the boxes. Again, for the sake of the show, I'd be happy to say this is a buy looking forward over the next few months or so, at least. Um, look, in, in the very short term, I'd say it's quite, uh, just quite overbought. And I think you might even see um, a cooling off in the share price um, over the next sort of week or two. Maybe you can get it sort of 5% cheaper. I mean, in, for example, with gold stocks, just seems like everyone's bullish gold at the moment. So mm -hmm. that's got me a bit concerned. I mean, we've actually um, cut some of our gold positions over the last few days. Still quite positive for the rest of the year, but I think they've just run a bit 
a bit too hard. So again, I'd try to finesse a better entry point over the next couple of weeks. But beyond that, um, I think there's quite a bit more upside in this one. Okay. So that's a buy. It's a specky buy from Bell Potter, but a buy from Michael Gable at Fairmont Equities as well. Let's get on to Elders, shall we? Because Elders is a company that had been doing really well. Lots of enthusiasm around regional Australia. Lots of enthusiasm around the agri-market in particular. Um, but has the worm turned? ELD is the ticker code. And this one is for Gabby. Um, what do you think, Michael? Elders? Mm. Because, again, it's a pretty diversified business as well. Is that, yeah. you know, a real help right now or potentially a hindrance because it is still leveraged to, you know, the regions? Yeah, look, it, it again, this one, you know, had a few tailwinds a year, year and a half ago, and now we've got got some headwinds instead. Um, you know, disappointing earnings the last couple of times we've heard from the business. Obviously, in November, it dropped quite a lot on disappointing uh, earnings as well as the CEO resigning. Um yeah, look, it just seems like it's they're just doing it tough at the moment with the flooding and getting poor, um, poor prices for, um, for a number of things. Yeah, look, I mean, I, uh, I'm not an expert in this business. I think this is sort of the type of business. If you were closer to the ground, you might be able to pick if, um, if things were turning. Um, but just from what I've seen in the announcements and. Uh, it just looks like they're going through a tough period. Um, the share price is is falling back. Um, you know, analysts are cutting their price targets. I mean, last year when we had that massive drop when it was thirteen dollars and it dropped to almost ten dollars. Um, you know, valuations were close to fifteen. I mean, now they're sitting closer to twelve, and the share price is trading in the eights. But I just wonder if um, you know we might get get further news that 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 creates further um, price downgrades. So I just don't know if we're near the end of that cycle. So I have mm-hmm. to admit, uh, to me, it's a bit too bit too risky, too many unknowns for me to figure this, too this one out. Too hard basket. Yeah. And you don't mind sort of yeah. sitting things out if you're not really, yeah. you know? Yeah, for sure. I'd rather sure. I'd rather buy a chalice any day of the week than oh, okay. take a punt on on elders, which, um, yeah, it might just have a few, if, you know, a few more rough years ahead of it before, yeah. before it turns around. And new management at the helm as well. And of course, we're all obsessed with interest rates for good reason. And it's mm. got a real estate business along with the agriculture commodities mm. exposure. We're watching cattle prices stabilize. We're watching, you know, some other um, price benefits that it's experienced stabilizing as well. So yeah. what's the view at Bell Potter? Exactly. As Michael's hit the nail on the head, the tailwinds they were feeling are now turning into headwinds. Um, we're seeing livestock prices in material downdraft. We've seen the same period, mutton's down, lamb's down, all of these prices that were so high are coming down and stabilizing, as you said. Now, the we know that pr- slaughter volumes are up for the company, so that generally should have a flow-through effect to revenues, but given the prices down it's not having any material effect so unfortunately the fact that they're having a lot more slaughter volumes isn't helping the company at all um, we're also seeing that fertilizer um, deterioration in price in usd um, is coming down still so yeah the company has a lot of headwinds at the moment um, we 
also see that, yeah, as you said, the tailwinds are turning to headwinds. So moving forward, we are a hold rating at the moment and a price target downgraded from $9.40 to $8.60. Um, our pick of the bunch for the ag stocks is New Farm because they have the diversification in the canola with the omega-3. So given the understanding that, so that is our ag pick. Okay, so there's a little bit of a bonus buy. Do you, Michael, avoid ag stocks altogether because they are at the mercy so much weather, mm. you know, weather cycles and there's nothing, you know, less predictable really than weather? Um, look, it, it, it's always a risk, but sometimes, you know, that can work in, in your favour. Um, yeah, look, at the moment, I don't have any exposure to, to ag stocks. I don't have a strong view on um, on whether it's sort of New Farm or um, or, or Instec Pivot or, or any of the others that, or Graincorp. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, look, don't, don't have a don't don't have a strong view but i wouldn't rule them out okay wonderful thanks guys all right we are up to number nine on the list number nine is eagers automotive used to be called ap eagers and this one's been picked by kevin so why don't you walk us through the fundamentals of this business michael um look i think this one also has a few few headwinds um obviously if everyone's buying cars, it, it's great for their business, but we have seen new car sales down 3.9% in March. So that's starting to slow. As we know, there was this big uplift um, when everyone got their handouts from the government a couple of years ago. Um, but look, vehicle sales are slowing. Um, one positive with this business is they've got a JV with, um, with a Chinese electric car company, BYD. Mm-hmm. Um, which over in China's you know, a major competitor to Tesla. Um, obviously, the Chinese make cheap cars um, and they're more accessible. So, look, they've got that JV, and if sales of electric cars continue to rise in relation to um, to you know internal combustion engine vehicles, then um, you know they're in the box seat to to capture a lot of that increased market share. So, look, that's the positive, but. Yeah, look, the negative is that we are seeing new car sales ease off and, um, you know, that could be a trend that does does continue. So, look, the share price had a nice jump after their, their February results, but you know, when I look at the way it's trading now on the chart, to me, the move higher in the last few days has been on slower vol- lower volumes. So, um, yeah, I think it's probably hit a bit of a bit of a ceiling now as well so so if I'd you be... had made some money would you be selling it yep i'd be selling it here thank you eagers automotive in bell potter's view we just recently upgraded from a hold to a buy um, but maintain the price target at 15 dollars 25 cents again as michael said off the back of this byd jv so uh-huh. um byd is a very very good brand in china as michael mentioned um and we we said it's a material material um partnership for the company for eagers they're a dominant player in the market they have more than 10 percent market share they have been around for years and years and years over a hundred years they have a really strong name in the market um being eagers that is not byd they're quite new yeah um so they've got 224 new car dealerships across 33 brands 68 truck businesses so they're really really have a strong market presence um we see that it's unclear what contribution the jv with byd will have in this quarter but we do see over the 
the order book for the cars coming through is really strong. They've got over 10,000 expected to be um, for sales over the coming year. So understanding that that's a huge average sale price of $45,000 per car and the sale mar the margin on the sale is estimated around 8% for eagers. So with that in mind, um, we have upgraded to a buy because we see the increase in demand for electric vehicles, especially cheaper electric vehicles. Yeah. Alternatives to Tesla is uh, where this puts the company in a really good position. Yeah, the Chinese car companies are coming for Tesla. And I mean, just Absolutely. anecdotally, <laughs> you've seen many, many more um, EV cars out there other than just Tesla's when at one time that's all you saw. So that's an upgraded to a buy. There you go. Again, that's what makes the market different of opinions. And uh, we've got the brokers weighing in. Morgan's has an ad. Ordman at a buy. Morgan Stanley overweight. Macquarie outperform. UBS and City are neutral on Eagers Automotive. Um, that brings us to the last on the list, which is Paradigm Biopharma. Now, I think I'm just going by memory here, but it is repurposing an existing drug to be used, I think, to combat um, some type of arthritis, yep. which is a massive addressable market. It's amazing sometimes what I remember. <laughs> I, I normally have my research all in front of me, but this <laughs> one I didn't memory. get to. Yeah. Um, look, I'm old. Anyways, uh, so Bar Bar Paradigm Biopharma, is this a biotech that Bell Potter would take a chance on. It's a specky buy just because it's the story you're buying into at the moment because the company is in those clinical trial phases. They're, in, they're actually up to phase three. So what we see is this company, as you said, very good memory, the PPS, <laughs> they're looking to repurpose for osteoarthritis in the knee. So they've had a really, really encouraging um, recent results. So the data they've just come out with is a biomarker data, remains highly supportive. So um, they've done this, these clinical trial test in the second phase trial um, and their secondary endpoints have shown that the people or the part of the trial, the people who were um, treated with the drug versus the control have showed significant um, cartilage degradation um, has come down, so material improvement. So that is saying that this has, the drug is working for some of the patients. Um, that was released on the 4th of April. Um, and then they now need to move forward. So we've got a few catalysts in mind coming up, which is including the 12 month data for this, um, the next phase trial. So again, with these companies, you're buying into the story until they do get that approval from TGA, FDA and everyone around the world. The addressable market is 30 million people in the US alone for who suffer with severe mm -hmm. osteoarthritis in the knee. Um, so that's, a, as you said, massive, massive addressable market. But yeah, it's a specy buy with a price target of $2.20 just because they are are progressing towards regulatory approval, but they're not there just yet. So that's where the speculative comes from. But we yeah. do see they're onto very good things. Which is always the way with these biopharma companies, because yeah. so often they're in the phase trial or they're just bringing it to commercialization, then oftentimes they get taken, you know, or partnership with a bigger firm. So mm -hmm. are biotechs yeah. in the too hard basket for you, as they are for <laughs> yeah. many people? I'm a simpleton, it's too, <laughs> it's too <laughs> hard for me. Yeah, yeah they, they could obviously go, go either way and, um, it's really hard to know, so I'd have to defer to, you know, Grady's analysis on on that. Um, I mean, what I would add is based on price action. I think if you're interested, you can get it cheaper. So very interesting um, on that announcement on the fourth of April um, regarding their phase two trial. The shares before that were trading around a dollar forty-three. They opened up at a dollar seventy, and I think in this market, when a share price opens up, you know quite a bit higher on news. In this case, it was, looks like it was about 20% higher. Um, 
because this isn't 2021 anymore, I think you just take your, your profit and look to come back in because as we saw in this instance, it opened at $1.70 and by the end of the day, it finished in the $1.30s. Um, so big reversal on volume and it's been heading south ever since. So obviously that, that price action is, is very negative. So a lot of um, investors are clearly happy to take, take what profit. they've got at this stage and wait for, um, for, for the next set of um, you know, announcements. So look at the moment, if it's trading at $1.09, um, you know, last year it was trading closer to 90 cents. You might be able to get it closer to a dollar, a bit under a dollar if you're interested. So um, yeah, just based on price action. But, but for me, look, don't, don't know just... enough or don't have enough crystal balls to, to, um, to figure out where, if this one will work out or not. All right, so this is more watch list material for yeah, you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think if it got back to those those ninety cent levels, then mm -hmm. you could say, well, okay, it, you know, on on the previous announcement, clearly some people were happy to pay a dollar seventy for it, um, even though they were overcome by all the selling. So um, you'd think closer to ninety cents is, um, you know, maybe worth a punt if you know if you if you mm -hmm. like the story. Got it. Thanks guys. All right, let's just review what we've learned in relation to these last five stocks. So IV, Monash IVF, I should say, it's a buy from both of my guests that will be discussed by the investment committee about a month from now, actually less than. Uh, we're already halfway through April. So it's a spy for Bell Potter price target $1.40. It's in an upgrade cycle, so Michael likes it. Chalice Mining, it's a buy for both of my guests, Becky Buy for Grady and the team at Bell Potter. Um, but look, Michael is really bullish on mining companies and the news has been good. So it's really ticking all of the boxes and he would buy it any day over elders, which he would avoid. Um, he doesn't have any exposure really to ag stocks in the portfolio. He just doesn't know this one enough or have enough confidence in the story to, to be putting his hard earned into it. Okay, and for the team at Bell Potter, it's a hold. They've recently cut their price target. Um, there are headwinds facing a company that was until recently, you know, dealing with a bunch of tailwinds, particularly in terms of pricing for its commodities. Eagers Automotive, it's a sell for Michael from Fairmont Equities. Um, Look, he just doesn't believe that we're at the right point in the cycle in a nutshell, but it's been upgraded to a buy by the team at Bell Potter, $15.25 price target. And a lot of it has to do with the partnership with that Chinese EV manufacturer, seeing it as a potential catalyst going forward. And then that brings us to Paradigm Biopharmaceuticals. It's a specy buy, $2.20 price target for Bell Potter. It is at phase three clinical trial. So it's gone well so far, and it's a huge addressable market. Michael would rather buy it at around 90 cents to a dollar. He reckons you can get it cheaper. He doesn't know biotech, so this one in particular enough to really recommend it as a buy. But he says, you know, take profits if you're in it on up days and uh, just keep it on the watch list for those times that it will get cheaper if you are a believer in the story. Well, it's hard to believe that that brings us to the end of the program. Huge thanks to my guest, Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities, as thank always, you. giving us a bit of a mix of fundamentals and technicals, and Grady Wolf from Bell Direct. Thank you thanks as well. Me. Really appreciate your time today. Thank you for watching. We love getting your picks in. The call at ausbiz.com.au, or you can tweet to us at TV. Stay with us. The Pulse gets going right after this.